Since 1991, ProTaper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting, innovative, and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike. Through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more. Hey guys, welcome to the Kickstart Podcast presented by our buddies at ProTaper Handlebars. I'm Don Maeda, joined in office by Chase Curtis. We have Michael Antonovich on the line and uh, we have a special guest co-host today, our friend uh, Benny Tazi, a.k.a. Raphael from uh, Bell Helmets. <laughs> so, uh, exciting Monday here. It's, uh, it's only about 104. In the office. In our office. The air conditioner seems to not be working. Yeah, real great coming to talk to you guys. In yeah, sweatshop. <laughs> We're all dripping sweat, but uh, probably not as sweaty and hot as uh, our pal Anton was last weekend at uh, Loretta Lynn's Dude Ranch in Hurricane Mills. So, uh, how was it overall, Anton? Did you enjoy wearing the face mask the whole time? No, it sucks. And honestly, like I'll do it. I I understand we have to do it. It does look very good. It's cool to see everybody in the paddock like come together. Uh, it sucks, uh, especially when it's really, really, really hot in Tennessee in the middle of the day and there is no breeze. But, yeah, I mean, if that's what it takes to go racing, I'll do whatever it takes. You maybe uh, you can get that Asian driver face shield like uh, Cooper Webb had. Yeah, I thought about that. You like, know, I can go, go, I can go over to uh, I can go over to 99 Ranch Chinese Market in uh, Riverside. And see if I can pick up one of those shields for you. You got a cousin there, don't huh? you? Oh, easy guy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those, you know, even you know that, right? That that those are the face shields that y'all. Oh yeah. Often see uh, people driving with an Irvine. Occasionally yeah, on scale. Yeah, especially in Orange County. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That lady that you scared. That it fell on, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, was was Cooper the only one rocking that shield? Uh, Nastasia Ferrandez's wife, she uh-huh. had the clear one on. Well, she had um, hers left over from Salt Lake City. Yeah, probably. But yeah, Cooper's was like, I was walking down the starting line and I saw that. I'm like, yeah, he would be the one to do that. And I just thought it's hilarious. Well, so, it's probably like, far less hot. Dude, it has to be far less hot. The mask thing, like, I had one of the blue paper ones on and I never realized, like, yeah, they breathe a lot better than the black fabric one I wore the whole week prior at Loretta's, so, Mm -hmm. I mean, who knows there, but um, (laughs) it was hot as hell still. It feels just like plastic all over your face, Mm -hmm. but, like, again, if that's what it takes, it's what it takes. I just took a lot of drinks of water to have my break from wearing the mask that day. Do you think you could could get away with it if you got, like, a, you know, like a Lone Ranger mask for your eyes? (laughs) something you know I want, with like, a little last it's still a face mask right or like a full cowboy bandana something yeah. <laughs> something i don't know but like it's like it's again it's cool to see everybody in this in the pits come together like that like i know nobody wants to do it it does suck mm-hmm. but if it's what it takes like that's what it takes as far as the fans like on the other side of the fence it is a little bit ironic to see we're 10 feet away from them and nobody over there is wearing a mask but mm-hmm. like Hey, man, if it's, like I said, that's what we got to do. It's what we got to do. Um, there's other stuff that I just find goofy. Like, I wish we could do one-on-one interviews, but I like the way that everybody talked on the phone to you and I for Kickstarter or for How Was Your Weekend. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's cool, and I think we actually might get more insight. Dude, right? I mean, we would. our typical How Was Your Weekend video is 20, 20 minutes, 30 yeah. minutes. I mean, this How Was Your Weekend that we posted for OGO yesterday was 50 full minutes. I mean, it was so long that I exported it as a audio file only and also loaded it to our uh, pod- podcast yeah uh, our podcast server and it got a yeah. lot of, a lot of downloads so yeah mm-hmm. uh, i heard people like really liked it i had one guy reach out to me and tell me that and i think the other thing too is then you give writers a day to like kind of debrief and think about what happened like when we yeah. track them down right after the race they just want to get the hell out of there yep. mm-hmm. whereas this time like hey if they're cool enough they want to spend no more than four or five minutes on the phone that's all we need, mm-hmm. you know, and the post-race interview thing, like I know guys hate it. It's super important to do that stuff. That's insight, especially for guys that finish off the podium that you never see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you learn and hear things like two racers. Hey, please do these interviews. Cause it gives us a lot of context and a lot of understanding of what the hell happens on the track. Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
the first moto with Eli uh, kind of not looking like himself, lo- lo- not looking like himself. I heard his like bell helmet like really cut off circulation <laughs> of his head or something. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Wow. I'm supposed to be You're a guest. <laughs> I'm, spo- I'm supposed to have, be comfortable, invited here, and then you yeah. start with that. <laughs> you know I'm teasing. Bring him into the hornet's nest. Yeah. <laughs> right in there, man. Hey, you only get you only get hassled at Swap One Alive if we like you. <laughs> so okay, so getting back to the race, like Anton, we were talking about before we called you up. It, it was amazing. Um, it was amazing. It, I mean, we lucked out. I think the rain was the best thing that could have happened in that race because it made the track super challenging. It was visually stimulating to watch, like yeah. riders uh, negotiating all those ruts and like without losing their balance and stuff. And yeah. like Chase Sexton had a moment, like I know that I had, like on the straightaways <laughs> at Loretta's in '07. You know, yeah. like because I did it nine times in practice. Yeah. But um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, what was it like to watch in person? Okay, so backtracking to Friday, it was not sunshine and rainbows, and everybody was happy and excited. Like it was a disaster. No, it was kind of a fucking mess. Like to be honest, they thought the practice was going to start at one, and then there was a rainstorm like Thursday night into Friday, and so the track was like just soaked. And so at one o'clock, they brought out these big skid steers, and they just took that whole top layer of muck off the top part of the track. Well, that was a lot of dirt, and guys were like, okay, well, then maybe we'll start riding at 2. And then 2 o'clock came. Okay, we'll start riding at 3. And so there's dudes that are just sitting around in their gear, like kind of getting super impatient Mm -hmm. and like really kind of a little pissed off. And then right when they were getting ready to start riding, it just starts dumping again. Mm. So all that fresh dirt that they just uncovered then got soaked like heavy duty. And then it rained all night Friday night where I stayed like 20 minutes east of the track. Mm-hmm. Like everybody else stayed west, but I stayed east. So I saw that all this rain was coming. The fact that it all like leaving the track on Friday, everybody was pissed. Like this is going to be a disaster. Tomorrow's going to be a mess. Nobody wanted to ride that practice anyway. If it did happen on Friday, mm-hmm. because it was so muddy, they're like, yeah, we're not going to destroy our brand new race bikes the first day, mm-hmm. you know, before the race even starts. So everybody was really pissed and just kind of over it. And then the Washougal news came. And everybody was like, oh, my God, what a disaster of a summer we're already in for. Can you believe that we can't even get the first race going and they're already pulling rounds? And I'll explain the Washougal thing more in a bit. So then coming back on Saturday, yeah, the first practice was, like, pretty sloppy and pretty bad. Like, Nick Gaines' bike got stuck there for a while, and they had to red flag that second. Eli, too, right? Eli got stuck, too, yeah. And I didn't know that Eli got stuck. I just thought, like, wow, he's kind of out there struggling. And so then mm-hmm. I thought that that played more of a part of what happened in his first moto. Yeah, because he only but got, then, like, two uh, laps in. I yeah. Think. Yeah. And then there was weird stuff happening. Like I heard he CLB threw his helmet in the guys. mud. He was so mad. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> the TLD KTM guys, two of them, pulled off on their first lap because their whole shot devices didn't disengage in 250A. Like, it was just oh, a big – it was a big mess. Mm. And so, like, everything was going on, but then by the time the races came around, it got hot. Like, right at about 11 o'clock, the temperature skyrocketed, the clouds kind of broke up, and then it got gnarly. Mm -hmm. Dudes were saying that this was the toughest motocross track that they've ever ridden, and it kind of played into what I thought it was going to be like anyway. The fact that this isn't some wide-open track with, like, 120-foot Larocco Leap-style jumps and all that stuff, Mm -hmm. it really kept everything together. That was some of the best racing i've seen in in a long time from first place all the way back to like 25th Mm -hmm. and then the way guys had to take different lines like you really saw how creative they got Mm, there's a lot of a lot of guys going outside 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 while the other guys are going inside over the humps Mm -hmm. and that was awesome like that's exactly what loretta's does as an amateur race too like if you watch the amateur one you can see where guys are cutting in and out but then because the braking bumps got so gnarly or other things got like that that finish line, like the old amateur finish line where it was the tabletop end of the tunnel jump, yep. Jason and Zach were doing this bitchin' step on, step off, and using a braking bump as like a roller or as yeah. a landing. That was awesome, and it saved them a ton of time. Guys were going like diagonal across braking bumps, which, like we said last week, the Nick Way Moto tip, like that's how you do it. You save a ton of energy. But then there were other sections where once you got in that straight line, you were stuck to that line the whole way down straight away. Mm-hmm. So then it started getting creative with guys having to hop stuff or figuring out what they're going to do. And then lappers really played in, into effect late in motos because if the guy was in your line, there was no getting him out of it. Yeah, he was there stuck. and you were, you were bottled in. 
but that was it was an amazing race and i think everybody now is excited to go back for loretta's two mm -hmm. because it looks like starting thursday into friday it's going to rain again Jeez. Mm. Oh. <laughs> is it really wow yeah so it'll be just like it was this weekend oh man they're not going to change the track at all are they um, I doubt it. I think they're going to push some of that dirt that they moved off back on top. But, okay. like, really, they don't need to do anything. Like, it's pretty good. They tuned up a couple jumps. The tunnel jump that's in the back that leads next to the beach sand, yep. they made that a little bit bigger. Okay. Um, that triple section, like, that leads into Storyland, all that stuff was changed from the Amateur National. So they added yeah. in that little roller and then that longer straightaway. There was stuff that they did that was pretty good. And I think everybody agrees, like, hey, this is a pretty good track. You don't need to have all the elevation and all the big stuff. They figured out how to make a perfectly flat piece of ground work, Yeah, and that's really, really hard to do. Yeah, I think the jumps are, the jumps are pretty small, except for that one, that one triple, I think, leading into Storyland that not everyone was getting. But the track was slow enough and technical enough, it didn't seem like, like the guys weren't slowing down for stuff. Mm. Yeah, for mm -hmm. me, that was what was missing, right? It was yeah. like the fast stuff. Like there, yeah. was, there was no like fast section it seemed like they were just in second gear the whole time could you mm -hmm. imagine though if there was a fast fourth fifth gear <laughs> section with those kind of ruts well, i mean no. we saw what the start looked like right yeah what, what was that like anton like seeing that start in person that looked that looked gnarly yeah that starts gnarly in the first place um i mean even when you watch the amateur races like super mini class there's always some kid that weeds up that's always pretty hectic and i think a lot of guys knew going into that like hey be careful going all the way to the right where that little hump is, like you could pick that line and then you could control the pack, but then also you could get pinched off pretty easy. But then to see a full gate of 4450s come flying into that first turn and that there was no calamity or catastrophe was amazing. Because I was thinking I was like, yeah, yeah, we're going to see a disaster pile up right there. But yeah, it was good. And if you watch the GoPro from Adam too, you see mm -hmm. how far out everybody pushes like because it's that right hand turn they don't get to hit the brake and like coast in they're just matted all the way through there mm. yeah. what was the consensus uh, from the riders like i mean i've talked to you know obviously my guys but like what um was there anybody that was like a big fan anybody that hated it or what, what Zacco was, said it was like his like the best track he's ridden or something like that i feel like Zacco would have that opinion. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um the general consensus was that it was just burly, like one of the hardest racetracks that anybody that had been there had ever done. Guys that had just raced Loretta said it was nothing like the track that they had ridden prior, that it was completely different. Um, and I think you saw that in like just the little mistakes or little slip ups that the rookie guys had. But yeah, I, like everybody wasn't too bummed on it, and it offered really, really good racing. It wasn't like the lines intersected or you block each other and it wasn't single file. You could pretty much move around anywhere you wanted. Just when you got to that line, you had to commit to it, and that was pretty much it. I, I know some guys will work, though. Like that's a, that's a trial by fire first race of the year, how hot it is, how technical yeah. it was. But like it was cool because you could see how hard guys come into corners, and then they hit the apex point of it, and they just hammer the gas. Like... Dude, the Ten Commandments were so burly and rutted. Dude. You got once you got in it, you just stayed in that line all the way down, and and that shows how good all these guys are. And then for Zach to quad out yeah. at the end of it, that's not a big section. No, like mm -hmm. it was cool. Um, that triple that you were talking about, two chase. Yeah, that thing was like deceiving because you had this really long straightaway that led into it, but it was super no deep. And then there was no lip. Yeah. So even guys on the 450 class, it was all they had to get over it a couple times. Yeah, the GoPro of AC, it looks like he's just stretching the thing out and barely getting it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was nuts. Yeah, it was, it was cool. And, and even, like I said, some of the battles that got together from there, like when they come out of Storyland and it's that tabletop and then that triple, mm -hmm. it's a little jump. Like even the Super Minis last week, it was little for them. But then to see how quick guys are just able to maneuver, some guys like it looked like their rear wheel never left the ground, and they yeah. were just on the gas the whole way through there. It was it's cool, and I think it'll be a much better second race once everybody now understands what to expect. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most of the guys that we talked to in uh, How Was Your Weekend, they were excited about going back, right? Mm -hmm. It was funny because Dylan said, Dylan Frandis said he thought that the rain helped the track and that if it had been dry and hard back, it would have been really boring. Mm -hmm. I talked to Davey Coombs uh, in the middle of the day, like in the infield. And I mean, he had his typical stress of, you know, having the race for the first time, but he and I both agreed it raining was the best thing that could have happened to that because 
if they wouldn't have had the rain and the track would have just been crazy fast, like it was at certain points of the amateur week last week, dudes would have been saying that it's no fun or it's unsafe or yeah. it just wouldn't provide compelling racing. Because There were moments last week when it didn't rain that it was like down to the hard pack, and this track would have gotten beat up in square edge in a different way than it did now, and it would have sucked. Mm-hmm. Nice. How were the fans? Yeah. Oh, they seem uh, They were into it. Yeah. There was a lot of them. I mean, 5,000 people doesn't sound like a lot, but it is. And then especially if anybody's ever been to Loretta's, there's not a lot of space there. No. Like, everywhere you go, it's, you're, you're pretty much right on the track. So it looks like there's people everywhere, and there were. Like, there were even concerns from the TV crew, like, hey, man, make sure it doesn't look like there's a <laughs> yeah, zillion people, people here. Yeah, and it's kind of hard. I mean, that's the complete opposite of what you want to do for a sporting event. You want to make it look as good as possible. Yeah. And then you kind of you get over by the creek or over by that little beach area in the infield, and it's just packed. Not to mention you, know, you but just everybody's hear them roaring. It. Screaming, yeah. 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 But, yeah, it was good. Everybody was into it. Uh, as soon as tickets went on sale on Saturday, it sounds like a bunch of people are going back for race mm. two. And, and I think that's going to be good. Um, I'm excited to see how many people come back for it, you know, and I think honestly, you could see this become a staple track to the nationals now that it's gone so well, you know, it could be different and it, it's out there, but okay. If it was, this a, has been if, great if it became a normal ride or normal stop and the world goes back to normal, can that place hold 10, 12,000 spectators? I don't know. That's kind of the thing too. It would have to, it would have to change in certain spots. Like, there's no bleacher viewing areas. There's no nothing like that. Pretty much where you are on the roadside are three people deep. That's all you can see. But mm-hmm. I really do think, like, if they did some work to this thing, just temporary grandstand seats or whatever, you could make this thing pretty cool. Like, mm-hmm. right now, the the consensus from MX Sports is like, hey, these are two-and-done deals. Like, we don't know if we'd ever come back. But if the reception to this goes pretty well, I could see this coming back just because it's been such good racing. Now, is it the exact? Was it the exact same track, or did they modify a little bit? Uh, it was pretty much the exact same track, except for a couple jumps that had, like, uh, like I said, that tunnel jump in the back that got maybe another ten feet to it, and then that triple into Storyland. For the most part, other than that, it was the exact same. Did they widen it at all? Because it, it, to me, it yeah, looked a little they did wider. widen it a bit. Okay, yeah, just some of the tighter sections for the amateur stuff looked a little wider. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so. Uh, Amateurs making the jump. Um, I was kind of bummed that they didn't show Gonzalez on TV at Dude, all. Dude, not once, and the kid crushed it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, who, Anton, I mean, who? I was even texting you, who's Gonzalez? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> but, uh, you know, they didn't show him on TV. Mm-mm. The announcers didn't talk about him. You know, that kind of happened with amateur stuff, too, though. Like, there were a couple races he was sat in, like, second or third, and they didn't show him, like, once. Huh. Yeah, so, poor kid. So, you, yeah. you interviewed him in the uh, in the creek. Tell me a little bit about Gonzalez. Yeah, Gonzalez is a cool kid. He's from down south, like, Florida, Georgia area, uh, part of the Rock River team. He's good. He won a moto, like, an open or pro sport moto at Loretta's the week before. He's a good mm-hmm. rider. Uh, really good racecraft and really good starts. That's his specialty. He's not got, like, the hype and the acclaim that the star racing guys have. You know, he's on Rock River, but he's a really good dude. Um, so, yeah, for him to ride as well as he did, I think he didn't have the pressure that maybe Styles had. Mm-hmm. And I think that Styles' whole deal comes into a lot of factors, too. Like, Michael Mosman gets put, told that he's not going to race for three races because he's hurt. You know, and he is. But then that's all that styles is committed to is those first three races. So it was a lot of stuff. And styles had a couple run-ins with people. Dylan Schwartz was there too. Uh, and he just kind of had a quiet race, but yeah. Gonzalez was solid. Like he did exactly what he needed to do the week prior him and Levi kitchen were really good about using the crafty lines and hopping stuff to save energy. And, and that's what he did during this race. He got a very good start and then he just latched onto the guys and just held his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had, like, Derek Drake and the TLD KTM guys behind him, Carson Mumford. So yeah. he has some good young talent that's there. He was racing with guys that he should be racing with. It's not like he was up front dueling with a guy like McElrath or Jeremy Martin or something like that. He was right where he needed to be. That was a great ride by him. Mm-hmm. And I think that he's going to get a lot of people's attention as these next few races go on because I don't think that he was committed to doing the whole summer. I think right. it was just a few that they were going to do. Mm-hmm. So, uh some guys did bad. Yeah. Like, did uh, did a bunch of the Geico bikes blow up or something? Yeah. Joe one and- motor. 
Yeah. So Joe, Joe Blue DM, and engine. right? Yeah, okay. Yeah, Joe Blue and engine. Um, Hunter had a crash in the first moto because the bike was all beat up. Like, he came by, and I was looking at a photo uh, after I took it, and you could see, like, his kill switch wires and some other stuff was all dangling around, and he was dirty. So I knew that he had had a problem. And then he received outside assistance, so then he got docked by the AMA. Mm-hmm. But then if Joe blows an engine, like, we all know how Joe rides. He's super low revving and everything like that. That's not like he's out there just abusing the bitch. Like, the clutch and all that stuff, like, he's he, he would have to have a mechanical for it to go that way. Mm-hmm. So then they, they both had an issue. But then the other bikes rode well. Like, Jeremy Martin was right up there. Mumford did pretty good for it being his first ever pro race. Dude, Mumford yeah, they, was ripping early in the first moto. Dude. Yeah. yeah. I think he was in fifth for quite some time. Yeah, he definitely has a speed. Maybe that, and maybe he pushed it a little too hard, but mm-hmm. uh, he dropped a little bit. But he definitely has a speed to run up with those guys. Yeah. But, man, mm-hmm. Ferrandis. I know. I, the guy just worked him. And on the phone, he said he never rode 100% dude um the whole time right so but are we surprised no i mean no i mean he's the guy that everybody's looked to as uh being the favorite to win right and uh i don't know man it is the star bikes yeah Mm -hmm. just get off the line so well and then i was i was shocked that you know like so cooper whole shot the first moto friend is right behind him and then shane like bitch passes both of them i'm just like whoa (laughs) check that out Uh yeah but uh that was cool that that have been exciting for you to watch. I mean, those are Bell guys. Yeah, man. Um, those guys, uh, they're no joke. I mean, Shane, Cooper, I, those guys are going to get moto wins this year for sure, you know. Um, but, man, Dylan just looks like he's got another gear, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Like, I think uh, getting that back-to-back championship, and um, I, I believe he's all set for 450s next year. I think mm-hmm. he feels like he's the man, and <laughs> it's his race to lose kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So is uh, you have a little insight into Dylan and and that the goings on there. Will mm-hmm. he still be in your helmet next year? Um, you know we're 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 not to that point yet, but um, Dylan's a great dude, and uh, I really want to move forward with him, and uh, I think he represents Bell really well. And one thing that um i really value a lot in riders um for picking you know that we work with is uh Mm -hmm. is loyalty you know and and dylan has really um been great to work with and um you know i'm not gonna lie you can be tough at times but uh he produces you know Mm -hmm. like it's it's not for nothing you know so Mm -hmm. um yeah i'd like to move forward with dylan and, and and we're in talks so um yeah hopefully so if uh if the 450 Yamaha team goes to star, do you have to buy that portion of the team too, or is it? A- no, um, I don't know how much is official, and I think a lot of this is getting figured out mm-hmm. in, right now. You yeah. know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but uh, no, I think the the idea is that Yamaha still wants, even though. <laughs> It will be, you know, ran and managed and mm-hmm. everything. The be, guys will be individual gear. Yeah, it's okay. still they still want them to treat it as like a separate team. You right. know, you know what I mean. So, um, I, I at least that's what uh, my uh, initial understandings are. Uh, um, like I said, I think they're still figuring mm-hmm. all that stuff out. But. Of of the four star guys, who's the pickiest with his helmet? Um, you know, we are so lucky, like, th- none of these guys are picky, like, uh, all of them, you know, are s- just so easy, um, I will say that Dylan is very, um, particular, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, um, he, uh, has a little bit different top pad, he has a small shim in the front just to help with the fitment of his helmet, mm-hmm. uh, otherwise just an out-of-the-box small, mm-hmm. um, but, uh, but yeah, he likes to bring his own liners, so mm-hmm. he likes to wash and bring his own liners. So, um, so Vara doesn't have to maintain his helmet? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like Vara cleans it. And then he, um, or even when I, you know, it wasn't too long ago that I was cleaning his helmets. But, um, but yeah, you just leave it done. And um, I think that's like, a, that's kind of a Euro thing is that the girls, mm-hmm. you know, the wives and stuff, they, they kind of take care of the gear. And like, so I'd clean it and leave it like no line or nothing. And, mm-hmm. and then she'd put it together and then, you know, I would always like, and, and same with Vara, <laughs> you know, we'd go back and we'd double and triple check to make sure mm-hmm. everything's right mm-hmm. before the moto. Um, because ultimately it's, you know, our head on the line. That's, you know, if or anything, Dylan's head or Dylan's head, <laughs> if anything goes wrong. So yeah, we, uh, we're on top of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. All right. So, uh, you know, obviously Dylan just dominates. Um, good to see Jeremy Martin back. 
Yeah. And yeah. Uh, it was cool to see him and his brother. Yeah, Alex looks good, bit. too. And then how about how uh, J-Mart was, like, kind of talking shit on Alex a little bit <laughs> yeah. in his podium interview. But uh, um, I was kind of surprised to see Justin Cooper yeah. not fair as well. But, I mean, obviously we knew that he his hand. he broke his hand yep. uh, back when it did. And it was another one of those deals where the athletes kind of keep it quiet mm-hmm. that they're injured. Yeah. But uh, Dude, how mu- some athletes keep it quiet. Yeah. How much has he rode, though? Because I was he was running like two weeks before. Really? Runs, yeah. Okay. Because I was thinking, I'm like, man, I don't remember seeing him, like at Polar or anything with the team. Yeah. See, lately. I saw him at Fox Raceway last week. Okay. Two days. Okay. And then he says he rode the week before that, but I also saw him at Cvac in there and right. the little egg trying to heal his hand faster. Yeah. But uh, that's a that's a tough one, especially with that track. I mean, they had to be. I know they're their level and whatnot but they had to be holding on a little tighter than normal mm-hmm. i can't imagine yeah so justin said uh he fell twice in the first moto and he said mm. just picking up the bike and the conditions and everything he was just and from not being in riding shape he said he was smoked in the second moto but i think i think he'll gain speed as the season goes on i'd love to see that guy battling for the win with yeah with uh dylan because i mean he won plenty last year yeah 100 percent like when he's 100%, I think he's the guy to, to match Dylan mm-hmm. out of everyone else. So, Yeah. Yeah, Justin's like a different breed, man. He's mm-hmm. like from like, you know, that that older time. He's like a guy that just like, he doesn't need his like special shake. He doesn't need yeah. like, you know, he just kind of, you know, eats rocks and just like, you know. <laughs> he eats. He, he's, he's a bad dude. Yeah, Justin's a bad dude. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It sucks that he's had so many, like, that's his second, like, hand injury in a year, too, because he had that other one at the Nations last year when him and Jason came together. So, like, it sucks to have that. And then the crashes that he had in that first moto, I think they were pretty good because his chest protector and stuff was all hanging off of him, and, like, he was pretty dirty. So mm-hmm. to come back and get 10th, and it was that was a rough one. I mean, that was that was pretty tough. I think that it's going to be, uh, he's going to come into his own, like him and McElrath will be two guys that get moto wins. Hampshire is going to get some moto wins, especially oh, sure. to be as yeah. strong as he is yep. after being off the bike as long as he was. Yep. We posted that photo. I mean, he dug his knee in going up the face of that tabletop. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of guys going for moto wins, and that's the knee that he hurt. So, mm-hmm. like, that's a pretty big statement that he's confident in it. Yeah. I think when it comes down to it, like, it's going to be Dylan, who's, like, the top guy right now, and then Jeremy Martin, because he's the two-time champion and the mm-hmm. only guy in the class that knows how to do that whole series. I think you're going to see those two guys really get into it soon too. Yeah. 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 But dude, Hampshire was very impressive. Very. Yeah. That was huge. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny. I, I got, I got his, uh, guys. I got his, how was your weekend? He was in the pits in Loretta's still at the track. Oh really? And I called him and he goes, I can't believe my phone is working. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he was really psyched to, uh, to get back at it and get back in the swing of things, you know, and, that's what f- he took four months off. That's yeah. a really fast recovery for an, for an ACL. For, yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. dude, Harrison. He rode great. Yeah, yeah. Harrison. Really, really bummer deal, yeah. but he rode really good. Top yeah. PC guy. Mm hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, bummer for Sanai. He fell in the second moto and dinged his shoulder good. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Yeah. yeah, like to the point that, like, he went in, like, it's the sand sweeper after the finish line section there. Mm-hmm. And he augured it pretty good and then just walked off the track and laid on the ground and left his bike and was down for a while to the point like the Asterix guys had to get creative on how to Alpine got him off the track guys. and everything. Alpine Stars guys, yeah. Did they, did, they, did he pop his shoulder out? Uh, I think he did something. He's going to have to get it looked at this week. Like the press release is pretty vague, but yeah, mm-hmm. he did a number on it, it looked like. Is there going to be a replacement went, for the replacement? Uh,. I don't know. The other like, guy's already got a team. <laughs> yeah, well, Walsh is already gone. Too, like, Enzo Lopes went back for Brazil. He's not coming back. Like, mm. kind of slim to figure out who you're going to get from there. So yeah. hopefully Darian is good because he, this could be really good for him. You know, he's, yeah. him having all that Euro experience, he could bring a lot to it, uh, even if he is kind of a little bit off the pace right now. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, there was a lot of guys that came back from injury, too, like, Think about it. that was Jeremy Martin's first race outdoors since 2018. Yeah. That was huge. Uh, there was a couple other guys just in the 250 class that were hurt, but a lot of guys in the 450 class that were making debuts from injuries too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, let's take a uh, let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsors, and then uh, we'll uh, BS about the 450 class when we come back. 
Hey everyone, Don Moetta here. Over the past 20 years, I've built a ton of cool motocross project bikes. When it comes to choosing a great wheel set, my first call is always to the crew at WUSA. Importers and distributors of Talon, Kite, Han, and Edge Hubs, the wheel building team at W is unrivaled when it comes to lacing them up to DID or Excel rims. Let's be honest now. Next clean air filters or changing oil. Tightening spokes is one of the most tedious jobs when it comes to working on your bike. When it comes to wheel sets from W though, you know that they'll stay straight and true and the spokes will almost always stay tight. There's a reason that factory teams and top riders everywhere rely on W. When it comes to anything wheel related, your one-stop shop is WUSA.com. Check them out. Hey guys, this is Shane McGrath of the Star Racing Monster Energy Yamaha team. BC Fit Mills has been a huge tool in my success by keeping me healthy, energetic, and recovering the best way I possibly can. All their meals are super delicious, ready to eat, and take the guesswork out of trying to eat right daily. Visit their website at bcfitmills.com and sign yourself up today. Out here, on the edge, failure is no option. Here, you don't compromise. Off-road, on-road, on the track, off the grid. Sunstar sprockets and brake discs come installed on more motorcycles and all-terrain vehicles than any other in the world. Period. The engineers who design your bike trust and spec Sunstar for the same reason you should. Because here, on the edge, failure is no option. Sunstar, number one in sprockets and brake discs. Hey, it's Gohan, team manager of the Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha team. Works Connection has been building the best aluminum parts in motocross for over 30 years. From the awesome Pro Launch Start device to their original axle blocks. Works Connection parts are designed and produced in California, and we are proud to use them on our factory race bikes in Supercross and Motocross. Check them out at worksconnection.com. What's up? This is Christian Craig. As a motocross racer, being in top physical shape is a must, and my favorite way to train is cycling. And whether it's road biking or mountain biking, I rely on Roy Cyclery to keep my bikes in perfect running order. Roy Cyclery has been servicing Old Town Upland, California since 1962. Mention the Swap Moto Live podcast for additional discounts in the shop. What's up, Swap Moto fans? The Toyota Escondido Action Sports Team supports some of the biggest racers in the sport, like Aaron Plessinger, Shane McElrath, Dean Wilson, Axel Hodges, Colt Nichols, Brian Deegan, and more. With over two decades of supporting racers, we've become known as the place to buy a Toyota truck in Southern California. Toyota Escondido is a proud sponsor of the Swap Moto Live Show, and all you have to do to get the best deal on a quality Toyota truck is mention the show and tell them you want the action sports special. Check us out online at toyotaescondido.com for more. Hey guys, welcome back to the uh, Kickstart Podcast presented by our buddies at Pro Taver Handlebars. Um, so yeah, Anton, the 450 class was uh, was equally as interesting. I mean, how about Jason sure downplayed his victory in the first moto. Yeah. Saying, oh, yeah. anyone gets a clear track on a track like that. But um, he was badass. Dude, he opened up like a six-second lead in like two, three laps. Mm-hmm. Like he was gone. Well, yeah. You, you can tell he has like this new energy about mm-hmm. him. And I think just the regiment at Alden's place, just uh, that grind works for some guys. Like I think uh, I think it works for Osborne. I think it yeah. works for Cooper because, you know, they, they like that. Yeah, that's yep. their personality. But uh, I think Jason's the kind of guy that needs to keep it fun. Right and riding with like Dean and and Jet and those kids like that's fun for him mm-hmm. and uh, that makes the work easier and and obviously it's paying off you know yeah yeah so how about uh how about him uh, save Tom yeah oh so what ha- did he Tom ended up being able to get in right yeah so yeah Tom, yeah but it's kind of a disaster <laughs> Tom was denied a pit pass at first. Um, whoa, I don't know. Are we allowed to talk about this? Yeah. <laughs> it was all over social media, I would assume Why? so. Like, that had to be yeah. a trending hashtag for a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, uh, um, yeah, I, I don't know how much they, or, I mean, Tom wants me, Tom, Tom's my filmer, so that's yeah. why I know all of it, but, um, but yeah, he works for Rockstar and and uh, and Husqvarna, and he applied for a media credential and uh, was denied. Right, mm-hmm. and um, 
you know, Tom kind of took it as like, uh, you know, it's a COVID thing. Like, I'm just going to do the best I can with the guest credential that I have and, mm-hmm. and just try and get my job done. And then, um, I, I think, uh, I think it became apparent that, uh, like a lot of other people like had media credentials that maybe like he thought he was more worthy than. And, uh, and Jason just being the good friend that he is, I think like, kind of was like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna hit the internet and like see if we can (laughs) make something happen and and yeah it's crazy free tom uh turned into a real thing real quick and uh and and tom uh got the access that he needed (laughs) nice yeah yeah hey no one started a free dawn (laughs) 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 i might want to reflect on that yeah i don't know come on man (laughs) (laughs) yeah You would have thought at least Agay would have done it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom's got fans, man. Uh, we call him the mayor of motocross. So, yeah, like, he's yeah. Uh, he is. Yeah, he's the mayor of motocross. Like that guy. Um, yeah, he's becoming his own uh, own thing. You know, like the people are interested just to see what he has mm-hmm. to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so Tuan, um, what else? Four fifty class. Uh, Jason wins the first moto, and hey, you know, he was riding. He was riding really impressive. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah, obviously he got the lead and all that stuff, but just listening to him and like how well he was going, mm-hmm. he doesn't like ride real crazy. He was just kind of like real low RPMs, just kind of cruising everywhere. Like once he got clear of everyone and he just controlled his race, mm-hmm. he did really good. Like he was putting time on everyone up until like even the last seven or eight minutes maybe. And that's when Osborne got into second and then started like closing the gap. But that was huge for Jason. And I know that he like, like Benny said, like he needed a change in scenery. He needed to be around Dean and Hunter and Jet and just kind of having fun and getting out of that whole circle every day because that's what drives all these guys to burn out. Mm-hmm. Like they just don't want to keep doing all that over and over. Jason's proven like he's responsible enough, and that was a statement win. Like you said, he's going to downplay it, but that he did exactly what he needed to do, and Jason's always good for being a surprise winner like right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> what was it like watching Eli's struggles in person like on tv it was just like oh <laughs> there's the meltdown we were waiting for in supercross but mm-hmm. you know uh you know in the in the press conference he was just saying that he was struggling and didn't have flow and he changed something for the second moto but what did it look like while you were there uh it was strange because like he never like he went into the attack for a little bit you know, and like he was kind of in it. And then once he lost one position, he just lost a bunch of positions. Like when Adam got by and Marvin and all mm-hmm. the other guys that were there, then you could kind of tell that he was floundering. And I was like, okay, is something really wrong? Like, is this the super cross, like hangover that everybody talks about? Like what, but knowing Eli, like he's not, he's not one of those guys that would just party, you know, mm-hmm. for six weeks after Supercross was over. So then to see him, come out in the second moto and ride as well as he did. Like he was doing the typical gnarly Eli stuff, standing up through pegs and like jumping out of shit. So that was crazy. But even as it was going on, I'm like, Whoa, this is not good. Like, is this how this summer is going to go that it's going to start like right away? Because there's no chance really like, yeah, you could have maybe one or two bad motos, but you can't do it a lot. Mm -hmm. I was kind of surprised that they went like first race of the year. And then you change your setup off of something that you've already established. Like you would think, Hey, let's just try the first one out. But I mean, race teams do it all the time and they struggle quite a bit. So the fact that they went back to what they know works for the second moto, I think everybody should be a little concerned about because he was doing pretty well. Um, Mm. Yeah. It was just weird though, just to see how guys, I think the two or the three biggest guys that were like eyebrow raisers when they passed him was Adam because Adam's coming off of his injury and he's a rookie and you don't expect Adam to like track down Eli. Right. And then Marvin in his first race yeah. after a year off. And then Barsha who was way back there Dude. and was just moving. Yeah, like, did, he, so did he get stuck flying. in the gate or something? He uh <laughs> he was way back. I wanna say he went down in the second turn, or was that the second moto? That was second That was moto. second, second moto. moto. Yeah, okay, he got yeah. third in the first. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was far back there. He was far back there, and then he ran out of tear-offs. So then he was Mm. wiping his goggles, and like to be charging like he was, he just couldn't see. So Mm. then second moto, he ran roll-offs instead of tear-offs. So like you could tell, he's like, yeah, the roost is going to be gnarly. I don't want to have to worry about Mm. that risk again. But hey, Uh, he he rode great, though. Oh, he rode amazing. Like uh, like Dahmer and I were talking this morning. It's like, hey, the the speed we saw at Fox Raceway 
is there. It's for real. Like yeah. the the setup and everything is good. Dude, that jump pass on Eli into the sand turn. Oh man, that was that was like pretty satisfying to watch. <laughs> <laughs> you know how Dahmer said that like his throttle wrist was pretty much locked the whole time and the only thing that was moving was his two break. fingers yeah. at Fox Raceway. Yeah. yeah, I watched him. That's what he did at Loretta's too. I was like <laughs> watching him go through sections. I was like, damn, he really is doing that. Yeah. Uh, but then super crafty with hopping over never. lines and stuff like that. He he found a smooth way around that track. And I remember like Langston said he didn't know if this track would be very good for Barsha, but like it was kind of muddy and sloppy and wide open. So, like, that's kind of what Barsha fares in best. Like, if it rains even more, he's going to be really, really good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Marvin coming back, that would have been kind of odd the first practice session to see him back on the track after being out all Supercross. A little bit. Um, but it was good to see, like, him out there and then, like, going for it. Like, mm-hmm. you could tell that he wasn't going to, like, ease his way in. Like, he was ready to go right away. And I think he was, like, probably one of the biggest question marks coming into this whole summer. Like, how much is he really into it? Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of us that thought he was going to quit entirely after the Moreau thing. Mm-hmm. So then to see him come out and, and do as well as he did, you're like, oh, yeah, he, he is going to be a contender for Moto Wins at some point soon. Yeah. Hey, he texted me last week. Somebody commented on his Instagram like, oh, you're racing. The Swap Moto guy, Swap Moto Live guy said you're washed up. <laughs> and he's all, oh, nice comment, Don. I'm all, oh, bro, we never said that. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah. Yeah, we never said that. Yeah, never, ever. We just said we wondered if he was going to come back because, you know, he's had two close people to him now suffered traumatic injuries. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's he's awesome, though. He's yeah. got a good sense of humor. Um, I think, like, he's cool to see at the track, too, because he brings, like, a whole different personality into it than the other guys do. You mm-hmm. know, like, he's super precise and everything, but, like, he's just having a good time at the races and... You and I have always talked about his riding style. Like, he still has it. You know, he's able to make a really gnarly track like that look pretty flawless. Like, he mm-hmm. had to ditch his goggles in this. But then you see his whole face when he's coming through certain turns. And he's not, like, he doesn't look smoked or exhausted or anything. He just looks like he's focused and paying attention to the race. Like, sometimes when dudes pull their goggles off, they just look like they're over it and they're ready to pull off. And mm-hmm. he was still going for it. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it was good for him. Who was it? Was it on the TV broadcast, or was it in the press? Somebody was somebody that wears hundred percent goggles was like Jeremy. Jeremy. Jeremy Martin. Yeah, yeah, he said, "Oh, I got water between my tear offs or something." Yeah, yeah. Had to check him. I was surprised he yeah. called him out like that. I am too. But he did. He was very careful about it. He's like, "Oh, hundred yeah. percent is a great goggle." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny because Knowles was even saying uh, we were talking the the at Loretta's you mm-hmm. know the amateur side or the week before on the amateurs he was like yeah he's like this kind of place is like the place that you almost need roll offs yeah any, no matter you know, what. what what's funny about that is the way the dirt is so sticky right mm-hmm. it hits your goggle ends and it leaves like marks yeah so mm-hmm. it's funny because when I went in '07 yep. Uh, Rich Taylor was like hey did you need to wear roll offs every moto and I go well what if it doesn't rain he goes no every moto you need to wear roll-offs and he oh. built me he built me seven pairs of goggles with roll-offs nice. before i went to loretta's and i got there and it was true yeah you know you really did have to have that because the dirt was so sticky yeah oh. yeah wow. there were a lot of guys that ran out of tear-offs in in those first motos uh yeah. where they were down to like wiping their goggles off and everything mm-hmm. but very few guys i mean quite a few guys did and i also think that sweat had to play an impact in that too like because it's so hot it just it splashes on the inside of your lens and then yeah they're done like it was hot it was really really hot Mm -hmm. Uh, um but then like for a bunch of those guys you know i think even jason ran out of terror something like that because i I gotta look at photos again i think like no matter where you went there's just so many elements that are on that track that super wet sand that super sticky like black gumbo clay like all of that that's there Mm -hmm. you're not going to get away from getting your bike completely hammered like look how muddy the bikes were there were dudes that had full foam on their helmets and everything just to try to like keep the mud from weighing it down yeah Mm -hmm. hey you know what i noticed this weekend and it's funny i have a little insight on it is uh do you notice that all the swanies guys were wearing Chess pros Hard over. chess pros on the outside. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think Dylan yeah, set the trend. Dylan was the only one that did it before, right? Yeah. Right. But Dylan's not a Swanee guy. Yeah. So anyway, when I was at uh, Fox Raceway last weekend, and Christian was wearing a uh, Fox Pro frame over his shift gear, right? Oh. And 
that was when he was testing the HRC Honda before the news came out. Oh. And so I was like, oh, trying to be incognito and cl- cover your name on your jersey with your chest protector, huh? <laughs> and he goes, no, Swanee wants us all of our chest protectors, but he wants us to wear them on the outside, not underneath because he thinks that the heat like, gets trapped against your trapped, body too yeah. much when the when the chest protector is there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, he was telling me that, and I was like, uh the whole time, I was still like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> you just yeah. covered your name because you're on this HRC Honda. And yeah. yeah. But uh, he showed up with a protector on the outside. and yeah. Bringing it back. And then uh, McElrath and Cooper had him on, too. Yeah. Yeah. There actually might be some merit to that. Like, I rode, when I went to Monster Mountain a few weeks ago, I did one chest protector, like, under my jersey, and it was mm-hmm. really hot. And then the second one, it didn't feel so hot when I wore it over the top. I wondered why Christian had a chest protector on the outside all of a sudden. I kind of thought, like, man, that's kind of ugly looking. But yeah, it yeah, but yeah, that's cool. I, I had no idea. There's a lot of guys starting to wear outside like harder chest protectors more and more yeah. over here. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. I haven't seen more chest pros at, just at the local tracks lately. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot more. Hmm. Hey, so uh, hmm. uh, Sexton, that was pretty badass. Came out and set set pole and. Uh, he got on the podium. <laughs> that first moto crash, though, was He like, crashed in practice, too. Did he? Mm-hmm. Coming out of a turn. Yeah. But Can we can we talk about Sexton at all, or is that <laughs> top secret? <laughs> I mean, I don't care, but I think our friend Beaker would care. Beaker? Yeah. Well, well so we heard, we heard that there was two brands of clothes waiting for him or something, right? I think that, uh, I think that the deal was getting wrapped up very close to the race weekend. <laughs> and, it sounds uh, like it was initiated the like maybe the Tuesday before the race weekend. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny what happens behind the scenes and uh, you think you have friends like Beaker and then and then they stab you in the back. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Don't turn this into like the like the hot ninety seven like beef factory. <laughs> we don't need you starting fights and shit on our podcast. So no, no so, way. So he was a great guy, and it was just a misunderstanding. Uh, and uh, I think it all worked out for the best. And I have no hard feelings. And mm-hmm. I love you, Beaks, if you're listening to this. And, and Sexton's gear <laughs> looks sick. It does. Look good. Was good. Yeah, yeah, red, red. He on looks Honda. like Narita. Yeah. So he does. Yeah, maybe a little thinner. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but, okay. So, uh, did you talk to AP yet after we were texting on the weekend? Oh, <laughs> um, no, I haven't. I I have to. I mean, you got to go get that thing on your way home. Okay. God, you're telling people a lot right now. <laughs> 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 oh, we're gonna have a really cool. <laughs> race memento here in the swap middle live office. Oh, listen i mean it, we're wow. looking this is uh I mean, not, wow. this is not approved uh, no i'm just saying we're gonna have to edit this out this, this is, is getting, all censored yeah this is all bleeped <laughs> out we can, we can let chase word have the same name <laughs> <laughs> oh man i cannot confirm nor deny any of this okay uh, so anton how sweet did cooper webb and eli tomac's helmet look they're badass, right? They're badass. That when new, we saw them in Utah too, I'm like, "Ooh, those are hot." Yeah, I, I can't wait till the thing comes out. But Benny won't tell me when it's coming out. But Motor uh, Nine Flex available now. Bellhomes.com. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm not, can yeah, I'm get yours. MC right replica. Now. Let's just talk Dude, about that MC replica is insane. Yeah, that one's good, huh? Like, That's uh, the last one. Uh, yeah, like I, I at the photo shoot, you know, yeah. I, I pulled it out. It was, uh, it was, um, you know. Uh, a sample basically like an early production one and uh i showed it to mc and he's like he's like i hope the factory can reproduce the paint job and mm-hmm. i'm like i'm like no this is it <laughs> oh oh he thought it was a painter yeah, yeah. He, thought, he, he thought it was paint and yeah. uh i thought that was um you know a, that was a good, a good compliment mar- yeah, yeah you know like if, if mc thought it was paint and i mean it's a it's a good looking helmet and mc stuff is always cool so yeah yeah does mc's replica still sell very well 
Even like though he's you, been retired for like 40 years? Like, you wouldn't believe, man. Uh, I, it's And it's crazy the demographic that he hits, too. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's even young kids that get it, and the old guys get it. And then there's a bunch of guys like me. You know, I'm I'm 30, and like, I, dude, I lust. You're 30? Yeah, I'm 34. What does your Tinder profile say? <laughs> <laughs> it says 34. Oh, okay, okay. And Tinder, come on, man. That was grind. That was, was five years ago. <laughs> <Grind>. <laughs> that's the one that, that's the that's one that other one. one. That's Ratchet? <laughs> was it called Ratchet? Uh, Ratchet. <laughs> or, oh, Hinge. Hinge. Ratchet's the one that That might be a leap. <laughs> Ratchet's the one that uh, Scrub Daddy's on. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I, you know, like MC, he was my hero when I was a kid and I lusted mm-hmm. after that uh, GT B- BMX bike that oh, he yeah. had. Like, yeah. <laughs> dude, yeah. He, when I was uh, at his house not too long ago, he has one in the garage and I was like, oh, man. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted to st- I wanted to throw that in the back of the truck. Right. Yeah. So, uh, Anta or, or okay. So, at Loretta's or only those two guys in the in the the new helmet. We're working on something, Don. Yes. We yeah, are all we we are always trying to push the limits of uh, technology, and, and technology and design. Yes. Like we are not the type of company that just uh, makes a new shape. And, and uh, adds a plastic vent. Sure, you know we are, uh, you know, like a lot of our competitors. They make gloves. They make boots. They make goggles. Everything, they make, yep. you know, we mm-hmm. we make helmets, mm-hmm. and uh, so we're very much focused on that, and and, and um, have the blinders on, so to speak, as far as like really wanting to progress in that way, and uh, so we're trying something, you know, and and mm-hmm. uh, and we're we got. We build product for the best dudes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I tell people, they always ask me, like, this is something that, like, always comes up, like, when we do, like, little tours at Supercross for, you know, like, um, dealers and stuff. And they're always like, oh, what's, uh, tell me how special Eli's helmet is. <laughs> and I tell them it's an out-of-the-box medium, literally. Mm-hmm. I don't even change the cheek pads. Like, if I needed one, I could order it from the the warehouse here in Illinois and, show up and Eli could put it on as long as it had the right logos on it and he'd be all good, Mm -hmm. you know? So, um, we really do build product for the best guys in the world and, and we offer it to the consumers. We don't water it down. We don't distill it. We don't, we don't change anything. Right. So we're, when we're developing product, like it has to be on the gate, 40 riders roosted, power washed, getting, you know, like, so this is, this is the development product process for us. And, um, uh, I will say that it's uh, it's going really great, and mm-hmm. um, we're really excited. And um, you know, uh, hopefully, as long as everything lines up, you know, it will be something that we offer to the public, you know, in the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Anton, did you get any close-up pictures of it? Of course, I did. Oh. Of course, I did. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the sorry, Benny. paparazzi over here. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Benny. So, you how, know, how you close were you allowed to uh, the pits and the riders and? the bikes um like that's the thing i understand what they're doing like we do have rules it's pretty similar to what we were doing in supercross it's not like was there a big was there a big media meeting in the morning like yo you can't yeah okay yeah roy jansen was very uh very serious to everyone like do not do the things that you used to do like we have to do these things to have these races you guys Mm -hmm. are here common sense prevails do it all the time yeah and then Basically, we got a, a health and mitigation plan like a couple weeks ago that said like, hey, you can't, you know, there is no one-on-one interviews and there's no this and there's no that. Was, and I know was Guy be running around with his microphone stand and telephone stabilizer no, looking for nuggets? No, he of was good beef, about it. Speaking huh? <laughs> uh, <laughs> He was good about it. But then like there's just so much like goofiness to this whole thing. And I get it, you know, like we're, it's, it's a work in progress and stuff, but there's just certain things where you're just like, okay, look, it's got to be this way for everybody and everybody Mm -hmm. has to adhere to these rules or there's no point in doing this at all. Like for the TV crew, I understand that they're more important than we are to run around from truck to truck, but it's kind of hypocritical for them to go to one truck and talk about this and talk about that, but we're not allowed to do any one-on-one interview in the same Mm -hmm. capacity. It's just weird. It's just, it doesn't make sense, but whatever. Like I think it's it's just because it's television coverage. Yeah, and like, I mean, because even like at the highest level of the inner workings, like Nick, I believe Nick Way didn't go because yeah. he wouldn't be allowed to go, to go from rigs. Adam and Cameron. Oh no, Nick was there. Oh, okay, he then he didn't get to talk to McAdoo. 
Because well, he was I at Fox. He was at Fox working with McAdoo uh, when I was there, and he said, "I'm spending a lot of time with with Madu because I can't go to Loretta's for him." So I thought maybe he wasn't there at all, but he was probably obviously there with Adam only. Yeah, well, I saw people going from like truck to truck, and like I, I was. Was it Vara? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, Absolutely I mean, there, there was multiple people, Absolutely. you know, and there would be people from one truck going to another. I mean, it is what it is, and it's going to be hard to keep everybody from doing that, especially now, mm-hmm. because I think, like, this situation is different than Supercross is. Like, where Supercross, where there was no fans, and there was all this stuff, and it was in a really controlled environment, this one feels different, and everybody's just kind of like, yeah, we'll do what we got to do, it's whatever, mm-hmm. but, like... <sighs> I get it, like, I, and I don't want to make it seem like we're being critical of this because, like, we understand there's rules in a game that all has to be played. But like, I do agree with a lot of people that there's a lot of shit that we're doing that is just like, okay, this is just it's complicating things even more than ever before. And mm-hmm. then when people don't adhere to it, then it pisses everybody off. Yeah. And then everybody starts like trying to get their little wedge into it, and then one fracture makes everybody else mad, and everybody just wants to like throw a fit about it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's just a weird deal with the races. Like, and again, it's cool that so many people are, are sticking to the rules the way they need to, because like Carrie and Davey will tell you like, Hey, you better put your mask on. Like if you're standing next to them and they, you don't have a mask on or another MX sports official will tell you to put the mask on because they know how serious this is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, good on you them. Know? You know, honestly, like you got the race off, like we got a series going, we're racing. Like I think, uh, I, I think huge kudos are, are in order for the MX sports, you know, for, totally. for, for actually making it happen. You know, like, was I the biggest fan of the track this weekend? No, like, but whatever it was it, we got to go racing you know and, yeah um for a lot of us uh, in the industry and stuff and and fans i know that's what people wanted to see happen you know so i was mm-hmm. uh, uh i think those guys are doing a great job so mm-hmm. yeah, yeah and I, I, I didn't envy i didn't envy davy coombs's no predicament no. No. can you imagine the, the stress long, yeah. yeah especially with having no. to cancel washugal and then yeah, and like, um, but you know, they're constantly doing the right thing. You know, they mm-hmm. took care of Tom. Like that, that was awesome. They explained that misunderstanding, and like they took care of Tom, and they're they're making the series. You know, like they had to cancel Washugal, but they're gonna make it up with this one. Yep. Like, dude, I mean, they're f- for yeah. like, yeah, it's it's crazy how how this is coming together. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Anton, and, and let's let's wrap this up. But let's talk about the uh, the Washugal uh, debacle. What what do you yeah. know? about it so the driving just to that race it's like three thousand something miles like 3500 miles i think it is total and Mm -hmm. the way that everybody was going to have to do it it was going to be gnarly there was going to be like a lot of double shifts for some of the truck drivers it was going to be a very skeleton crew of who got to go take what as far as certain things like it was going to be a gnarly gnarly push Mm -hmm. um Whatever is happening in the state of Washington right now, and I know a bunch of people are like, it's what's happening in Portland. It's not even connected to the same thing. It's not. Washington State and the Huffmans had discussed something about approval quite a while ago, and they were grandfathered in like, hey, yeah, you guys are good to have this race. You just can't sell tickets. All of that stuff is still true. It's not the state officials that are canceling the race. Wow, this However, is news to me, actually. I, I didn't know this. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I really didn't. People, really? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people are, like, thinking, like, well, it's because of Portland and, like, all the stuff that's happening down there. Mm-hmm. It's not related to that at all in huh. any capacity. Oh, wow. I didn't, so yeah, no clue. if something does change, though, just in case, like, you know, any day anything could change right now. And right. it's a lot of expense and a lot of money. Like, we're talking tens of thousands of dollars yeah. combined for all of these race trucks and teams and even the MX sports people, the, Al- the Alpine Stars medical truck, all that stuff, TV trucks, all has to drive back there. You're talking yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of fuel. Yeah, if well, those if trucks, they, yeah, if they got like out of Tennessee, who knows if they would have been able to make it back before racing went next totally. weekend. Yeah. Totally. Like that whole race would have just been – like that whole Gone. next race weekend would have been scrubbed away right. if mm-hmm. they got to wherever they were going to go. So the decision was made if – in case that something would happen between this race and then this coming Saturday of like, Hey, if something changes in Washington state, we're going to have an issue and then we're really screwed. Mm -hmm. So the decision was made by MX sports and the teams like, Hey, we're just not going to go to Washougal. Uh, Ryan Huffman and the Huffman family up there at Washougal all agreed like, Hey, we've done our best efforts. We could have this race, but we just can't in good faith do it. If something was to change. Mm -hmm. 
And so they, they decided to pull it. What then happened was the race leadership team, so MX Sports and all those guys were like, well, we could do it again on this coming Tuesday, so tomorrow, mm-hmm. or we could just wait and do it again next Saturday. Uh, MX Sports thought everybody would want to do Tuesday just because it would be so quick and, and like, hey, let's just knock it out and then you could have the next weekend off. But unfortunately, nobody went to this first round thinking, well, we're going to be racing again four days later. So they, a lot of people didn't bring enough stuff. And then just logistically, like, you know, it's kind of hard to think I'm going to go out of town for two days. Nope, never mind. I'm going to go out of town for six days instead. Yeah. Did we pack enough stuff. Where's my car? All that kind of thing. So the teams then asked, could we just come back here next Saturday instead? And mm-hmm. so pretty quick, everybody kind of pulled together and decided, hey, yeah, we can do next Saturday. We'll just change all the, the teams. We'll change all their flights and exports. All the infrastructure will stay here. This gives us another week to prep everything and get it ready. We'll go on from there. I know there's a lot of people that are asking, like, well, why don't they go to Muddy Creek? Or why don't they go this? Or why don't they go that? High point. The mm-hmm. amount of prep that has to go into laying out everything, dealing with the local authorities that are going to have to, you know, conduct traffic and help out all these things, getting Muddy Creek to prep everything and do all the stuff that they need to do. It just doesn't make sense, even though it is a couple, it's across the state. It, it doesn't make sense. Leave everything in place. It's already there. Save a lot of money and hassle and, and problems, and then just go back. I mean, in a lot of ways, it makes much more sense to go back to Loretta's twice than it is to try to pick up the whole show and move it to another place in five days. It's impossible. You can't do it. So now the other thing is what happens from here? Um, They have to do the minimum that MX sports wants to do is an eight race series. Uh, There's a lot of people that have contracts that say eight races is the minimum that they can do. That's Mm -hmm. why MX sports went with nine, because if they have to chop one off, Hey, guess what? Everybody's still met their minimum eight race quota. They didn't want to just cancel this race outright and not have it again, because if you chop that one away and you're already down to eight races, well, then you have to run those eight races at some point, and there is no more wiggle room to try to get away from another race. You're Mm -hmm. done. So the plan everybody agreed on, let's just come back to Loretta's next Saturday. It's going to be fine. It's good to go from there. And then it drives right up to Ironman, which is like a a three-and-a-half-hour drive or four-hour drive up straight north, and then it goes straight to Redbud after that and parks out. Mm -hmm. Um I'm excited the to see the uh, the Redbud doubleheader, like doubleheader. With only a couple of days in between. That's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think, like we've seen the MXGP series now, guys have enough time to rest and recover and kind of keep going for it. It's not like they're going to totally cook themselves one day because there's dudes that are going to be riding today or tomorrow right back into their training program. So just yeah. to race again is not that bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do have to say though. I don't have 100% confidence that we're not going to see more schedule changes between right. the end of the year and now. MX Sports people seem like, hey, you just kind of have to have an open mind. <laughs> not that they're saying that something's going to get canceled right away or changed or moved, but I wouldn't be surprised, especially after seeing how well the MXGP series started, if something does happen where you can't go to Florida or you can't go to Colorado or you can't go to California, which I know a lot of people are pinning a lot of hopes on California because it's on tribal land. But at the same time, too, it's still the state of California. Like, God knows what could happen between now and October 10th when that race is. Oh, yeah. So you could see more doubleheaders at tracks like Indiana or a return to Indiana or uh, Millville could get two races. There is a lot of possibilities that are out there. We just kind of have to wait and see. I, from everybody in the pit area that I'm talking to, this is not an official word from MX Sports, so don't think that it is. This is just talk in the pits. There's not a lot of faith in the florida race happening like pretty much at all really uh yeah there's a lot of people that don't think that we're going to make it that far in florida just because of whatever else could change down there Mm -hmm. so then there's more of an emphasis on millville or indiana to have other races especially for indiana high point is still a variable that could be used because mx sports owns those two tracks and they would take on the full liability of whatever needs to happen like it would be their full project instead of dumping a huge mess on like the Richies or the Martin family to hold more races than they're comfortable with. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff like going on behind the scenes. Um, and as we watch, like MotoGP has been doing pretty good at having multiple races at the same tracks. Formula One's done pretty good. It doesn't really hurt. I think we could do it this summer and would be okay, especially with how talented this field is. You're going to see great racing no matter where they go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Um, it's, it's going to be interesting. I think, like, it's great that we're started, but now that we're started, there's no stopping. Like, yeah. trains moving, 
it's got to keep going until something's in the way that we can't avoid. Mm-hmm. What if we get eight rounds at Loretta's? <laughs> I will <laughs> jump off this building. <laughs> <laughs> you hated it that much, Benny? No, 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 no. I mean, I just, I just look forward to like the, you know, like. The spectacle the that, you know, places like Iron Man are, you know, like, or, or, or Millville are. Like, those are spectacles mm-hmm. to watch those guys ride those tracks, and, and I look forward to that, you know, like, um, yeah. So, that that's all I'm saying. That's all yeah, I'm saying. no, I agree with you. It would suck to watch every race at the same track. Like, I would not want to do that, um, especially if there are places that we could go to, you know. Uh, and I think that that's true, though. If, the, if those are the tracks that they pick, Ironman, and we have to m- do multiple races there, Redbud, and you would maybe have to do multiple races there. I mean, you already are. And then potentially more races at Spring Creek. Those are three pretty damn good tracks that offer great racing at mm-hmm. a good time of year, too. Like, we're, I was thinking about this on the drive. Like, yeah, we're in the later months of summer here, but once we get into September and then that first part of yeah. October, especially here back in the Midwest and the East part, it starts cooling down a lot. Like it's going to be pretty enjoyable to actually go to these races. It'll have like partly that college football fall feel to it. It'll be cool. It'll be different than just sweating your ass off in the middle of July. Like you do every year. Mm-hmm. Were the, were, yeah, the it, were the dudes at Loretta's like doing the ice, ice bath in the trash cans? There were a couple. Jumping I didn't in see the a creek. lot of guys. Yeah, they had to the, go in the creek, a, right? Yeah. A couple guys did. Yeah. That's all Bowers did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, why not? I, I think, there was a lot of guys that were talking about like when they would go to the creek when they were amateur kids too and how different it looks now and all that. So like that was cool. It was cool to see how so many guys just like got into like, oh yeah, hey, we're back at never thought I'd be back here again kind of vibes. Yeah. 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 Well hey guys, uh that was a fun podcast. Benny, thanks for uh Yeah, we're making gonna have the to trip redact the like half of it, but it's what fine. are you yeah. talking about? No, we're gonna a little bit of censoring. Yeah, there's gonna be a lot of, <laughs> there's, gonna be, there's gonna be a lot of editing in this one. No editing, as is. It'll be online within a couple minutes. Raw doggy. Anyway, uh, guys, thanks for listening to the Kickstart Podcast presented by Pro Taper. Uh, on behalf of uh, Mike Antonovich, Chase Curtis, and uh, Benny Tazi, I'm Don Maeda. Thank you for listening, and do me a favor. Do us all a favor, and, uh, you know, you're obviously listening to this probably on, you know, iTunes or Spotify or whatever the, the, the podcast host that you favor is but uh go check out swapmotolive.com our website it's pretty badass and we have a lot a lot a lot of content there's a half naked chick up today yeah so check that out thanks for (laughs) listening god bless (laughs) since 1991 pro taper has led the way in premium control components and prides themselves on providing an exciting innovative and complete product line to fulfill the needs of professional racers and weekend riders alike through revolutionary ideas like the oversized 1 and 1 8 inch handlebar and the micro handlebar kit, the only control system purpose-built for youth riders, ProTaper continues to push the limits and transform how we experience riding our motorcycles. Visit ProTaper.com for more.